Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más Pura. Welcome back to another episode con La Mezcla Latina. Today is episode 31, and I thought it would be fitting to interview my sister because she is 31. <laughs> oh my gosh, didn't even put you out there like that. But I think it's a really cool dynamic that her and I have because not only is she older, my older sister, but she's also like a second mom and she has helped pioneer a lot of my brother, cousins, and literally like everyone. She's helped with everything. But at the end of the day, she had to do it all on her own. And I think what's amazing about her is that she is a teacher. So I'll let you kind of go more into the details of like what grade you teach and everything. But do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Oh my gosh, that was such a great introduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hello everyone. Uh, I'm Andrea, um, your big sister. Yes. And again, it just took 30 something episodes for me to make it here. Yeah, same <laughs> special one. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for having me. Exciting yeah. to be interviewed by you. <laughs> yeah, and so tell everyone what grade you teach. Well, I teach third grade. In, yeah, in um, Maryland, Montgomery County. Yeah, and what was your degree in? Uh, I actually major in a special ed and general education. And I guess we don't really have to touch on it now, but why special ed? Uh, well, special ed, because, you know, I started working with kids with autism ever since I was 15. That was my first job. And, um, you know, I just learned so much from them. Um, I learned... I learned so much, and I was just passionate about working with them. They, they are. It's a truly, truly a humbling experience, and I wanted to learn more, and that's why I decided to become a teacher. And then during my internships, I decided to go towards the general education mm-hmm. uh, path, and that's why I became a general a teacher. Yeah. And I think it's funny because like we just said, or I guess I just said that you were like an older mom, but that's literally where everyone in our family ended up working too, like with the kids with um, special needs. Yes. Yes. I was the first one that started in this agency. Then I brought uh, our brother with us and then we brought you and our cousins yeah. and now our little cousin works there. And I feel like we all have grown so much because of this um children teenagers um and yeah it was an amazing experience and i feel like that's that's how you know that's the way that's the reason why we are the way we are is because of them yeah you know it like taught us a lot and speaking of kind of having to grow up because of this job like i think the main thing that made you grow up was that you came here at an age where you were already old enough to remember everything from back home, but also Mm -hmm. you were old enough to kind of have to be the one that had to do the translating, do everything. So how was uh, your experience coming to the U.S. at that age? You were like 14, right? No, girl. (laughs) 
11? I forget. Last year. <laughs> um, actually, I was 11. I had just turned 11. I was starting middle school. Um, and the whole transition coming here was very tough. Um, culture shock was major. Um, I remember going to, um, you know, just a transition coming from a, a Catholic school. Uh, everybody was um, very strict. All my classmates were girls to move into, um, uh, and it, again, it was a private school, and move into a public school here in the United States, having to deal with boys. That was too new for me. Like, mm-hmm. I was very shy with the boys because I never had to you know, interact with, um, with them. So, you know, and going to middle school, having my locker, having, uh, different classes, um, and having different teachers speaking a different language, um, learning you know, the language. Um, did I say speaking? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's both. <laughs> I, I'm learning the language. Um, you know, I just didn't understand anything that was happening. Thankfully, my first year, I had uh, all these wonderful teachers um, that spoke Spanish, so it was a little easier. But then my second, third year in middle school, I was just thrown to all these classes. And, um, and I was one of the few ones that you know, um, spoke Spanish. So I just had to navigate the boat. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times, um, I guess what kind of helped was that we lived in an area that was predominantly like Latino. So I feel like maybe you were also surrounded by people that were either going to the same thing or like you could actually like interact with them in like mm-hmm. speak Spanish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, I mean, my grade, a lot of the, the, Students in my grade, they actually, um, I had only a few stu- few friends from my grade, for my year that uh, were in ESOL. Everybody else, you know, was older. So I actually um, got along better with older students than yeah. the ones my age. Uh, even up to like high school, I kept in touch with them. So, um, yeah. It was, and I know that my experience in high school was different from your experience because yeah. I went to a school where the majority were, of students were Latinos and you went to a, and, and, uh, to a school where the majority were white. Yeah. Um, so our taste in music was different. Our taste in everything was different yeah. until you finally... I burst out of that bubble. Burst out of the bubble. I know. And it's funny because I feel like also in high school, I think that majority of the times that's like when you are like getting prepared to go to college, uh-huh. right? And like the like for example, it's like a thing junior year to take everything seriously, take all those APs, take like that. But there's like that gap between our experiences because yeah. yours wasn't like that. Yeah. Like I remember you telling me that all your friends, like AP classes for you guys was like a normal, regular thing. Yeah. Like um, everybody was not like expected, but. That's just what you did. Yeah. In my school, only the, in quote, like the smart kids will go to, um, you know, go to um, AP classes. And, you know, the majority were like whites and Asians. Um, and if you were in AP, um, you 
there were le- there were less chances for you to go if you were a person of color. To yeah. be honest, let's be real. So um, and. I was so proud to be in honors. Yeah. And you were like, honors is nothing. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right. It's just such different experiences. But I guess how did school influence you into choosing your major? And I know it, like, honestly, it wasn't probably until, like, last year that I found out that, like, being a teacher wasn't really even on your top. Mm -hmm. But how was that transition slash journey for you? Well, I went to community college um, because it was the easiest thing, like economically and all. Like I was, uh, was able to, you know, leave a home, leave a home and all. So I decided to go there. Um, and the fact that um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to be, uh, what what path I wanted to follow. So at first. I don't know if you remember, I was going for computer science. I wanted to make the money, uh, but thankfully I went to this community college. I took all these classes. I got my associate's degree. And then last year I was pretty much... um, I I pretty much told my my parents, like, uh, I don't think I like this. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to change majors and go for special education. Um, you know, my, our parents have always been very supportive and they didn't even tell me, oh, you, you know, wasted wasted all this time, money, blah, 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 blah. They were like, okay, let's do it. Let's start again. (laughs) So I went back to this community college. I started, um, taking all these classes once again. Um, and yeah, and thankfully I... After that, I transferred to Towson University. Go Go Tigers! (laughs) And that's when you kind of just decided, okay, teaching is like the safe route or... Yes. So, you know, as you mentioned before, I work with, we work with kids with autism and um, I really loved it. I, Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned it and I think I said it zillions of times, I love and learn so much from them that I wanted to continue to work with that population. So, um, and our boss back then, like she, she was also very supportive. So, um, you know, I was like, why not? Let's do a special ed. I enjoy it. I love the classes that I had to take to become a teacher. So it felt different from those classes that I took for computer science. Yeah. um, so yeah, I knew that, okay, I'm doing this right. And on top of everything, I knew that, uh, USG had, a University of Shady Grove had, a um, a program for teachers in, in Towson University. So I decided to, you know, transfer there. Yeah. And I feel like that also was like a little more seamless and going straight into school where yeah. you probably like didn't know the culture and stuff like that as well. Yeah, although I was one of the three Hispanic girls in the cohort, but, you know, (laughs) different from Montgomery College. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) still, like, lacking that diversity. Yeah. And the last thing that I wanted to mention when it comes down to school, like, do you 
also feel that pressure that you had to like help all of us your younger siblings because us and our cousins we are all like family and consider each other siblings so you kind of had to help us all right and like the more that we grew up we were the ones that like were helping our little cousin and stuff like that but, yeah it's like a ladder yeah but in the beginning you obviously felt the pressure to be like yeah i'm kind of responsible because like our parents like they knew to an extent and then you were like the one that we always went to yeah and um well, it didn't feel like pressure. I just knew that it was the right thing to do because obviously you guys are my little siblings. Like I want the best for you all. And if I already crossed that path, why not helping you all, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I remember, you know, being a junior, senior in high school and not knowing what to do because yeah. our parents uh, know the Ecuadorian system, but they don't know this, this, um, this system. So um, trying to find the resources, uh, people to contact, and all oh, was very difficult because I, again, I didn't have anyone to help me. Mm-hmm. So I, um, it was, it was tough. It, um, you know, dad will always come with me to all these meetings. Yeah. Um, but. And he was there, but he didn't speak the language and he didn't know what the steps were like. So I had to pretty much swim on my own and uh, figure out, okay, what is it that I have to do? So, you know, once our brother had to go through that process, it was like, okay, now this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And then then you came along so we're like okay and and our brother had asked somehow he knew more than I did at that time because I you know things change here and there and so, he also went to where I went and like I feel like there yeah. were more resources too. Yeah, yeah exactly I feel like things started to open up more and then later on you know you and you and our cousin Kathy and then you know now now with with Jennifer it's like okay like our other cousin our other sister um is like okay now we you know we went through this and this is how you do this and I've, and again like you mentioned our parents um you know they didn't speak the language they didn't know what was going on so you know it was up to our brother and I to help you and mm-hmm. so on so again I didn't feel like pressured it was just something that I love to do I love seeing you and everybody succeed so um such a so teacher. why not? Yeah. Such a teacher, right? <laughs> I honestly still even remember, like, you, maybe it was elementary school or, like, middle school. You would be, like, the one that would come with, like, mom and I, like, to the teacher-parent conferences yeah. Yeah. or, like, school back-to-school night. Yeah. And, like, now it's, like, full circle because now you have to deal with all the students who yeah. whose parents are, like, in the same situation yes. that, like, either don't speak a language or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I – and that's another – reason why we had to grow up at an earlier age because you know coming here parents don't know the language they don't know what's going on I mean they do know what's going on but the fact that everything is in English Mm -hmm. you know and at that time when we came there were not that many people that spoke Spanish as much as not as much as they do now so you know mom will always be like mija me puedes ayudar um so you know 
And since you were so young and Juan was too, so I was the one that going to the doctors with them, going to, you know, appointments here and there. So I, I was the little translator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and going to your conferences your, with your teacher, um, there were many times that they didn't have translators. Now I'm a teacher and I know, I, I think we have enough translators now, but... I don't think they had enough yeah, when I you were. Yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. no. So um, I, I hope I try my best translating everything. But yeah, it was. So now I see it with with my students, and you know, the parents feel relieved when they're like, "Oh, you speak Spanish," mm-hmm. and I feel like they feel more comfortable when they know that. Oh, I can. I can explain you directly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and mm-hmm. I also feel like it's like a culture thing. And I get it because, you know, like we went through that, right? We, mm-hmm. you know, we immigrated to this country. So, um, you know, it's, I know what, I, I feel, I feel, I feel the, I know how they feel. Yeah. And yeah. you know, their experiences and how they're going. So how has it been to like actually have Latinx students like in your classroom because I remember when you first became a teacher and you first took the job at your current school you said the main reason you wanted to go to that school was because you wanted to help underprivileged students and then I think your first year you had no students of color or something like that right like the more that it goes on like they were giving them to you because you were the one that was helping them uh, learn the language get Mm -hmm. acclimated to like the system and Uh like you know integrate themselves with the students so how how how's that been? Well, you play, pretty much explained the whole thing. <laughs> you know there, my you story. Go. there you go. There you go. Shouldn't just let you say it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I honestly love where I teach because you know it's such a great diversity. Um, I have students from you know many uh, races and, and backgrounds and cultural backgrounds so um, you know and yeah like you mentioned I do have a lot of his Hispanic students and um, it's such an amazing thing to just learn from their culture like you know whether they're Hispanic black white Asian wherever they come from um, you know I learned so much and um, that's that's the best thing about being a teacher I feel mm-hmm. like because it's not like everybody's the same and we're all like like, you know, um, have the same, you know, Story. stories and all. Everybody is different. Like, I meet all these parents. All these parents have different jobs, different uh, cultures. And we have a um, a week in, not a week, we have international. Well, no, we don't call it international night. I think it's like culture night or something mm-hmm. like that, culture night, um, where all the students just love to share about their their culture, where they, you know, what religion they practice, what language they speak at home, food, and all. So, um, you know, I I love that, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I can definitely relate to some of them because they're like, oh yeah, you you you've eaten pupusas or like tacos or um, chiras or whatever they, it is that they yeah. call they they eat. Um, and I love food, so when yeah. when they share, it's even better. <laughs> willing to eat everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. I want to know, like, uh, from your perspective, is it difficult kind of having someone that's, like, new and doesn't know, like, any English, like, teaching them or um, kind of helping them integrate with the other students? So, you know, I, I, I've i told you, you know, my stories with my students who, you know, had just um, 
moved from their countries here and and I feel for them because I was a student mm-hmm. once um and you know I love the, the the kids from a young age if you teach them right like they are so welcoming um and that's what I love to do in my classrooms like if I have a student coming from another country like I I see it oh look this this student is coming you know from Central America you know um Guatemala Salvador like he's he or she speaks Spanish like let's learn from them you mm. know like they Let's let's ask them, you know, how you say this and that. Even though I speak Spanish, right? But, and I always try to like add words here and there in Spanish. But um, I don't see it as like, oh, this is a new kid and he speaks a different language, so he's different. No, no, like let's let's use that as an advantage, and and you learn from that from him or her, and and they would learn from you. So, um, you know, and the kids, you know, they're like, all like, oh, you know, you want to play with us during recess? And, and they come up to me and they're like, how do you say this is and that? Oh, awesome. and, and I loved it because the last student that I had, you know, we had to teach online, mm-hmm. right? Um, which was very challenging. Um, but my students got so good at using their technology that they figure out Google um, what is it called? No, it's not Google Voice. The translator, mm-hmm. and they will literally type uh, sentences, and they will try to say it, and um, so that so that they could communicate with my new student oh, who didn't know English. That's cool. So. And I didn't really have to teach them that. Like, they knew how to do that and to use that so that they can communicate and connect with another student from different backgrounds and all. Like, that was amazing. I was like, okay, let's continue with this. (laughs) So I feel like they're just, like, at a young age, but they're still so curious. Mm -hmm. And you tell them that it's an asset not to be and not, like, an alien aspect, like a a far-out idea that this person is, like... Yeah, and like I wanted, the main thing that I wanted the students to learn is that learn like knowing another language is an asset. Is no because a lot of students are embarrassed to speak their own their native language. So you know, knowing like oh, you speak two languages, you speak three languages, that's amazing. And like, how do you say this is and that? Um, You know, it's 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 the best thing for students. Yeah. And I feel like now you've been teaching how many years again? Like uh, I'm gonna five? I'm gonna go to my I think it's six or seven year. I was count. Yeah, like <laughs> literally you've been doing it forever, and now you're finally in that transitional phase where you're getting your master's. And do you want to share with everyone what it's in? Uh, is in clinical mental health counsel- uh, counseling. Um, and the reason why I decided to go towards that path is because um, I've seen a lot of need with uh, students of color, especially, um, you know, mental health right now. Like, I feel like it has been, but now, especially with, you know, the pandemic and everything, it's a big issue. So I I want to be able to work with students more closely so so I decided to go towards um that direction um Mm -hmm. I hope to continue to teach while I do all this but um yeah I decided to go um towards that route um and you know learning so much about you know 
um, the ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences, on how like you know everything starts when the 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 um the students are young and how like trauma can really impact them, mm-hmm. and then as they as they grow up, that can really impact them in their um ad- adulthood too. So knowing all this is really like an eye opener. So. Um, you know, now with all the students going through the pandemic, a lot of students, you know, racism and all this and, you know, students coming from other countries, students, you know, dealing with a lot of things that are not even age appropriate, I yeah. mean, I will say. So I want to be able to help that population. Yeah, and I think what's cool also about your program, just because, one, I've sat in, not sat in, but we've been in the same room while you're doing your Zooms, and also, like, I write your papers, and I think the one cool thing is that, like, you, not only can you relate, but you understand that because you are part of that, like, minority group. And you, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like that's what's missing also in some, like, schools. You know, there's people in those positions, but it's so different when you, one, are part of the community and two, have lived through it. Yeah, because you can understand. Mm-hmm. You can have... Empathy comes easily when you have been in their shoes, right? Um, so definitely. Um, and th- that's the reason why I, when I decided to be a, a teacher and now I am going towards being a clinical mental health counselor. Yeah. This is a big, big need. And again, there's no a lot of representation of, you know, people of color in those areas. So, yeah. And I feel like there's also like a lot of studies that say like people are more willing to open up to oh, people absolutely. that look like them or like understand. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's that's a big one. That's a big one. And, you know, like we I wish we had more teachers of color because, you know, and, and only teachers, counselors of color. And we always talk about this in all my classes and how that will really, really help the students, too, because I feel like they, you know, they can relate more, like Mm -hmm. you said. So, yeah. And I think also in education, there's like if you think about thankfully, like we live in a good county. But if you look back at like other counties during our time, even now, like a lot of them have said like just a big lack of resources oh, absolutely. literally like there's no way you know you hear all these things like oh like these people need to do better or there needs to be more people but there's no in resources situation. yeah exactly and like if yeah. there's no teachers counselors in those yeah. positions it's never gonna happen and when they are given those resources there are other people that fight against it so it's it's a big issue that can be another topic <laughs> yeah. for another day we can discuss that later <laughs> but i did want to touch on like how was the application process for getting your master's like um do you feel like because you already did undergrad like it was a little easier to transition into that yeah definitely um definitely definitely um it was I feel like you know um I knew that God had that for me like I had prayed for it Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I wanted to to do or be and I and then um I didn't know what um you know what college to go to and um I started doing research and all and I knew that I I wanted to help continue to help um students so I had previously taken some uh, courses at Trinity so then when when I went to their website and I saw that they had the clinical mental health counseling uh, program, I'm like, okay, this is what I have to do. So it was really easy. Um, it, it was really easy. I 
I submitted my application. Uh, they got back to me like in less than, than, than less than a month. I got accepted, and and everything just went so smooth. Uh, and I mean, I as soon as I started my classes, I'm like, okay, this is where I need to be. Even though they were hard, yeah, <laughs> you know that. Yeah, pretty tough. Mm-hmm. They, Staying up all night. All night. Anxiety levels were off the roof, but um, just how much I've learned. Um, you know, about social justice, about all these things happening, you know, I just, I to me, it's worth it. I love to hear oh it. Oh, my gosh, yes. And you're almost done. Let's give a round of applause. Oh, my gosh. One more year. Literally almost there. Um, but I know, like you said, um, there's a lot of teachers that, or, like, a lot of spaces that need teachers and people of color or just, like, more representation. Absolutely. Help. So do you have any advice for people that either are considering becoming teachers or that want to kind of be in the space where they can help, not necessarily teach, but, you know, there's also, like, ESOL or just, like, yeah, so do you have any advice? Also, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes that are, like, don't become a teacher because it's, like, yeah. the worst, you yeah. know? And you always hear those stories. I hear your stories, too. Yeah. But, like, what are your what's your advice for people that are debating? So at the end of the day, the, uh, the priority is the kids, the new generation. Uh, that's a priority, right? Um, and I feel like if you're passionate about teaching, about uh, working with children, uh, whether it's a teaching, uh, whether it's in teaching, counseling, whatever it is, um, I will say, and please, please don't give up. <laughs> um, I know that it can be tough because there are a lot, uh, several um, exams that you have to pass to become a teacher, and sometimes it can be discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um but I will say, don't give up. Pass those exams. Pass everything. Uh, continue. Don't don't give up on the dream of becoming a teacher if that's what you want to do, because these students need you, need us, um, and we need that representation in the schools. We need um, students to be able to feel understood, safe, um, and. And, have, you know, just having that person that they can relate to. Yeah. So if you are a person of color and you want to become a teacher, a counselor, or just work in the school system, please do so. Don't give up. And um, it's going to be very rewarding when you see the um, the progress that the students make. And to know that that was because of you and because of your hard work and everything um, is very rewarding. And I don't know if you know this, or this might, like, vary by county, state, whatever. Like, there are there, like, opportunities for people to volunteer, like, either, be, like, help become a translator or just, like, help oh, yeah. in events and stuff? Okay, because yes. I feel like sometimes a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I could help. And it's like, you yeah, literally could no. do the smallest thing. Yeah, if you just go to the county's website, like, they, um, right now, I, I am almost certain that there is a shortage of um, teachers and um, not only in in our county in other counties I know in Howard County like they they need teachers too and other counties so uh, or not only that but like you're saying translators and all their jobs so yeah check out their websites um, uh, I think you just have to create an account and look for and you know they have the different jobs for like a portal for everything. Yeah, for everybody. I love to hear it. Hopefully there's more teachers that, you know, or just people that decide to help. Yes. I know even when I was, like, um, 
in high school or whatever for like community hours like you know like Kathy like our cousin and I like tried to volunteer in different things like that but if you're old enough to actually work in those positions that's awesome because then you're actually helping students and families yeah and they need it for sure yeah so at the end of every episode I ask oh, it's everyone over. It's over. yeah <laughs> do you have anything else to share? No, okay <laughs> um but I ask everyone what their favorite dishes from their country obviously ours is Ecuador Ecuador and then your favorite singer so you and I like we we have like the same music taste now so, now so I don't know who <laughs> your number one is well there are a few people we don't agree on and a few genres <laughs> that we're not on the same page about but okay let's start off with the fave dish oh my goodness so fave dish I have t- so I gotta I gotta say ceviche Ecuadorian ceviche is um, emphasis on Ecuadorian Ecuadorian ceviche <laughs> yes <laughs> actually I like I like ceviche overall but my favorite is Ecuadorian um, you know patacones you know we uh, went to mm-hmm. we went to visit our uh, aunt and cousin and she made this plantains they're, they're called patacones and I so just good. love it with guacamole oh so good it's, it's like a almost like a mixture of a plantain like a fried plantain and a banana chip yeah it's so good yeah and yapingachos. I love yapingachos. Oh, what? I had never heard Girl, this you eat that all the time. What is it? Yapingachos. Um, tortilla de papa. Oh, okay. And, and sausage. Oh, that's and, what the plate is called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have it, like, almost every other week. I didn't know that's what it's called. <laughs> I, I feel embarrassed now. But, well, yeah, that's it's a name. I, I second it. It's good. So good. Um... um and is that it or do you have anything else well I know the other day I saw you post something about um, what was it like uh, tostado and what is it chocho chocho yeah yeah I, I like it I, I wouldn't say that oh my gosh um, it's your it's fave. my favorite but it's so good it's a, like it's it. a yummy snack I guess yeah. it's not a dish um, okay and then your favorite singer Girl, you know, you know, I don't have a favorite singer. I know that's why I'm excited for you to give us your one person. You have to pick one. Only one person. Okay, top three, I guess. Okay, so right now I have been jamming to Camilo, Manuel Turizo, Manuel Turizo. Okay, okay. And what's the other one? Uh. Oh, I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to say it. Carol G. <laughs> <laughs> Why embarrassed? Oh, yeah. We love her most recent album. Yes. Literally. Yes. So good. The last one is good. Um, But, yeah, that's a good list of people. And I know we want to see a few of those in concert. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <gasps> but thank you so much for coming on. I know it only took, like, half a year yes. to get you on. But yeah. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge. I know there's, like, literally, like, a million topics that we could talk about because you and I always talk about everything. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. But, Convos are very, very deep. Yes, yeah. but I'm glad we were able to share this with the world. Thank you for for, for coming. <laughs> Thank you for having me, sis. Love you. <laughs> Love you. That's going to be it for today's episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram at Pod. That's P-O-D. And again, don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode to learn more about La Mezcla Más Rica.